Welcome to the Mycotoxin Matters podcast from Alltech Mycotoxin Management. As mycotoxins present an ever-increasing threat to livestock production, join us as we discuss these impacts and potential solutions, sustainable farming, and our vision for a planet of plenty. Hello and welcome to this month's edition of Mycotoxin Matters. My name is Nick Adams, Global Director for Alltech's Mycotoxin Management Program. And this month we're going to be taking a closer look at the concept of mycotoxins in the aquaculture industry. It's a topic that has been of growing interest in recent years as the industry is rapidly expanding and to serve that expansion is using increasing levels of plant-based energy and protein sources. To help us dive into this in more detail is Henry Wong, who is Alltech's commercial director for the agribusiness in Asia. Henry, it's a real pleasure to have you with us today. Thank you, Nick. Thank you for having me today. Henry, as we get started, one of the things that we've done recently is to release a report around the mycotoxin contamination of feeds in uh, Asia, along with certain feed ingredients. Maybe you could start by giving us some of the key take-home points for that report. Sure, my pleasure. In year 2021, our team in Asia had collected about 200 samples of feed ingredients and also aqua feed. And we analyzed those samples by using our 37 plus technology and also rapid read. And we found so many interesting findings from the screening. There are many, many details in the report, which I can't share everything with you, but there are some good key points here I would like to share with you. First, we know that the global feedstuff contain multiple mycotoxins especially those byproducts containing even higher mycotoxin level. And in aquaculture feed, we often use the grain byproducts in aquaculture feed instead of whole grains. And uh, the report shows us that the corn byproducts such as DDGS, corn gluten meal, and also wheat flour that we use in the aqua feed has a higher level of mycotoxin contaminations. And if you don't manage those risks well, it may cause some impact to the animal performance. And this could be easy to understand. When we process those grains into byproducts, they are turned into the concentrated form. And this goes along with the mycotoxin risk as well. The mycotoxin risk is now condensed into a less lesser mass. So, all these mycotoxins risk could have, have a synergistic effect and have a greater risk to fish and stream. Besides that, we also found that we need to pay attention to fusarium-related mycotoxins. We found that many samples have shown that the fusarium mycotoxin related to the trichotisins and fumonisins. And we also found that based on the analytics analysis of mycotoxins level in the aqua feed, we conclude that 
almost all the aquatic animals are exposed to the different level of mycotoxin risk. These are the few key main points that we can get from that report. Thank you. Thanks, Henry. That's really useful. And, and at the end of the podcast, we can share the details of where people can find more information uh, on where to access those reports. When you then consider those take-home messages and the fact that aqua feed is likely contaminated with certain types of mycotoxins, what, uh, what's the latest science telling us about the potential impact that those mycotoxins might have on the different aqua species? Great questions. We often underestimate the potential of those mycotoxin risks to aquaculture species because we think that we are using more animal protein byproducts of fish meal in the aquaculture feed. But in fact, the trends reveal that we are using more plant-based ingredients in the aqua feed formulations. Therefore, we need to pay attention to this aqua aqua mycotoxin threat to the aquatic animals. So, give you some signs. Alter has worked with the researcher to conduct numerous mycotoxin research related to aquatic animals. So like Vivi, one of our PhD candidates, conducted a meta-analysis on the research of mycotoxin in fish species. To give you the example, Vivi, who is our PhD candidate, she had conducted the meta-analysis on all the research of mycotoxin in fish species and especially look at the effect of dawn on fish. Her publication showed that the dawn alone can reduce 13% of the feed intake and cause growth reductions about 70% for all the fish species. When she deep dive into the rainbow trout alone, dawn has significantly reduced the feed intake by about 19% and growth rate about 20%. Wow, this is the significant numbers. No? Her research also showed that uh, 1,200 ppb of dawn can, if, can damage, can cause the damage to the rainbow trout liver. So another study was conducted by the Ocean University of China. They tried to understand the effect of alpha toxin B1 and dawn on the marine species like her bot. And we found that these two kinds of mycotoxins can significantly impact the growth performance, such as the weight gain, the feed efficiencies, and also reduce the antioxidant capability of the liver. It also can suppress the immune system and causing some damage to the intestinal functions. And also interesting finding that we saw that this mycotoxin actually can influence the gut microbiome biodiversity. I really encourage you all to read those uh, articles. These are the published articles. It really tells us the real impact of those mycotoxins on fish. So let's come back to our report. We use the technology to help the customer understand the potential risk to the different animals by looking at the risk equivalent quantity, which can tell us directly those mycotoxin contaminated feed risk to the animal. And this report showing that the freshwater fish feed sample that we collected showing a very high 
mycotoxin risk in IQ reading. Shrimp feed show a moderate to the high risk in mycotoxin, while marine fish show a lower mycotoxin IQ level. So our industry really needs to be aware of this. The aquatic animals are exposed to those uh, mycotoxin risks. And therefore, we need to take appropriate steps to mitigate those risks so that the health and performance of the animals will not be compromised due to the mycotoxin threat. Thank you. Henry, you, you mentioned there the, the concept of risk. So if we try and break that down to understand that more clearly, where is the risk coming from? Which ingredients should we be more careful of, do you think? Yeah, based on our sample collections, some ingredients really require some attention about the mycotoxin risk to aquatic animals. As I mentioned before, that combined products that we see that DDGS, concrutamine, show a higher mycotoxin contaminations to most of the animals. I want to give you some exact example. We have average of uh, formonacin level of uh, 1500 ppb recorded in those uh, ingredients. But we know that that's not all the sample will get this level. Some will get a higher level, some will be getting lower level. But the maximum we got actually is more than 10,000 ppb. So this average number of formonacins in those uh, combined products has already put the uh, stream under the moderate risk. Because the formulation for moderacy for stream is about 1,000 ppb. So another classic example is PET-B trichotisins. The average reading from our report is about uh, 1,050 ppb. And the maximum is over 4,300 4, ppb. But you know that this level, average level of PET-B trichotisin that we have in our report already puts the tilapia under the high risk conditions, because based on the, uh, the risk tolerance level, type B trichotisin level of 1000 already can put tilapia under the high risk. So there are some examples of like Vifra. So these are, these are the ingredients we need to pay attention to that as well. The report showed that Vifra contains a high level of type B trichotisins. I will not, I will not detail all these numbers to you, Please read the detailed report from the summary and give you good insight, which are the ingredients you really, really need to pay attention to. Thanks, Henry. So, as you say, there's a lot more of the detail within those reports, but based on some of the insights that you've shared today, as we try to think around the concept of reducing mycotoxins and their risk, is there a silver bullet, do you think, uh, or what other tools in our locker are there to be able to deal with this challenge? Great. We, know, we need to understand there's always a risk in mycotoxins. So it's essential to better manage those risks accordingly. So my advice is that you need to consistently measure those mycotoxin risks in aquaculture as well. This is crucial to build a routine mycotoxin testing system in the feed mill to screen through those raw materials. And Audex has the tools available to support our customer who want to test their mycotoxins. So we have examples like Rapid Read and 37 Plus 
where we use this technology to analyze our samples. So after you have able to identify those mycotoxin risks, then it's better to interpret in a more meaningful way. For example, like Alter is giving us uh, something like uh, mycotoxins risk occurring quantity, which is great tools to assist us so that we can know in how to select a right mycotoxin miti mitigation program according to the risk you have encountered from your test. So last and not least is to have the mycotoxin binder such as Microsoft is based uh, mycotoxin binder included in all the aquafit according to the IQ level. So some people will say that, oh, I have tested the raw, uh, raw materials and show that all is very low risk. So I would not consider include any mycotoxin binder in the diet. I would like to stress again, lower risk is not equivalent to no risk. Uh, so there is a best practice to include the mycotoxin binder in every aquafit so that you can protect your animal from the mycotoxin threat. Besides that, in selecting the mycotoxin binder, please don't go for the cheapest one, which is commonly used by the market, a clay-based binder. We do understand clay-based binder works only for aflatoxins, but most studies okay, have proven that the raw materials or aquafit sample that we got mostly contaminated by fusariums mycotoxins. They are more prevalent. So besides that, and clear binder also can buy some nutrients from the aquafit. So my advice is don't consider using clear binder to save costs, but at last you still have those multiple mycotoxin challenge presented in your feed. And you lost some of the nutrients absorbed by the clear binder. So please use this uh, uh, all that Microsoft products, a science-based e-cell wall binder that can effectively by multiple mycotoxins, and it will not interact with the nutrients in the aquafit. I would say that's the best program I will recommend for the aquafit industry to consider to have this routine and well-covered mycotoxin management program. I hope this helps. Henry, thanks for that. And some good advice there in terms of trying to look at this issue holistically. Uh, going back and trying to understand the mycotoxin contamination risk in those key grains, in those key raw materials coming into the, the feed mill, and then dealing with that issue uh, from there based on the, the knowledge of risk. If anyone would like further information on the Asian survey that we've talked about today, uh, with Henry, or indeed any of the wider harvest analyses that have been completed in recent months, please don't hesitate to visit nomycotoxins.com, that's K-N-O-W, mycotoxins.com, where you'll find links to all of those various different uh, sources of information. Henry, thanks again. Uh, for your time and all the information that you've shared with us today. Vibration, thank you. And we look forward uh, to having you back for future 
Mycotoxin Matters podcasts in the future. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed listening today and look forward to you joining us next time on the Mycotoxin Matters podcast. For more information on the topics discussed, please visit nomycotoxins.com. That's K-N-O-W mycotoxins.com.